signs of blood destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne. We thank the folk at the Community Radio Network for broadcasting us across the country, in every state, in every territory. This is the Anarchist World This Week. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. If you're wondering what anarchy is all about... An anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power, which give, which give people equal access to society's wealth. It's based on the concept, anarchos, without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You create a society without rulers by creating and implementing institutional, political and social structures which break down hierarchy. How do you create a society without rulers? You hold wealth in common. It's inequalities in power and wealth which are responsible for 99% of the problems we face as human beings on this planet in 2017. If you think I'm exaggerating, look around you. Look at the world. Look at these inequalities in power and wealth. Look at the megalomaniacs that uh, are able to um, obtain power and use that power to impose their will on everybody else and put their needs in front of everybody else. Now today, we're going to look at options. Options. Because we do have options. And sometimes we exercise options and sometimes we don't exercise options. And I'm not talking about share market investing because they do have options in share market investing. I'm talking about options in life, options in social, social struggle, options in political struggle. And we do make decisions every day because each and every one of us, whether we like it or not, is part of something bigger. We're part of a community, a society, a nation-state, a family, a network, it goes on and on. We're parents, we're not parents. We're brothers, sisters, nephews, sons, daughters, the list goes on and on. So we do have options. Now, options are limited. And the greater the hierarchical structures in a society the greater the concentration of power in fewer, fewer hands, the fewer options you're able to exercise. But in Australia today, we have not reached the same situation as, say, 
people in North Korea, people in the United States of America, we do have some options. So the first option is you can decide just to go along for the ride, which about 95 to 96 to 97% of the population do. You go along for the ride, you know. You're either a social security beneficiary, a wage earner, a small business owner, a corporate mogul. Go along for the ride. You know, you accept the institutional structures around you. You accept the idea that struggle is useless. There's no point. It's all too big. It's all too much. What's the point? Nothing's ever going to change. That's life. That's reality. You know? So you consume, you know, you get consumed by other things, your family, your friends, your work, your religion, your sport. And that's what sensible people do, okay? That's what sensible people do. And obviously, people who are sensible, who are following that option, aren't listening to the anarchist world this week. The people who listen to the anarchist world this week are those people who think, well, I don't want to follow that option. I'm not happy with the current situation. I'm not happy with my personal situation. I'm not happy with the inequalities that exist in society. I'm not happy with all the dysfunction around me. And that's a very small percentage of the population, although most people are, are unhappy, and if we look at statistical indicators in terms of not just happiness but in terms of anxiety-related disorders and uh, uh, interpersonal violence, family violence, and this goes on and on, we'll see that all these parameters seem to be on the up and up, whether it's because of increased reporting or whether it's due to increasing stress in society is still debatable, but I think, not believe, because there's no point believing something because there's no facts to believe, I think that it reflects the changing nature of society, this increasing personal dissatisfaction. Most people are personally dissatisfied, just you know, take it out on those around them. That's the easy option. See, that's an option. If you're personally dissatisfied, you can take it out around those around you or you can take it out against yourself, you know. Get a substance problem. You know, it's there. So we're looking at the 2 to 3% of the population that is willing to look at other options apart from just going with the flow. Meandering down the street, going in a little canoe down the river, River, wherever it takes them, that's where they go. So there's those who are of us who want to paddle against the stream, who are not happy with the way that flow is going, that we want to do something. Now, the options you can pursue in Australia are different to the options you can pursue in North Korea or Syria or the United States or Denmark. The options are different. Options, to a significant degree, rely on the institutional, political and social structures you find yourself in. Now, we can still broadcast here in Australia. Obviously, there are limitations to what I can and cannot say, but we still have that capacity and to a large degree, that capacity for the community radio network 
to broadcast ideas which you may not hear in other media sources. I never call them mainstream. They're not mainstream. They're corporate-owned media, the government guild at ABC. There are other media, media sources. Uh, to a large degree due to the Whitlam government, yeah, that, that much maligned Whitlam government, giving licences to community organisations in 1974-75 in order to break the monopoly the corporate-owned media had on the dissemination of ideas and organisation in this country. So we are, 40 years later, the community radio network, the community radio scene in all its various manifestations, from religious fundamentalism to, you know, to radicalism, egalitarian radicalism, you know, is a product of that. So we do have options. So what can you do? Now, obviously, the options you are able to access or follow to a large degree depend on your personal circumstances. You may have responsibilities as far as children are concerned. You may have responsibilities as far as work is concerned. You may have health issues which limit what you can do. But ultimately, it doesn't matter how old or young or disabled we are, we can still pursue options in the struggle for egalitarian, political, social change. We can pursue those options if we make up our mind to pursue that option. Because most people spend most of their time reinforcing their own prejudices by mixing with people with similar ideas or accessing sources of information on the net or the media, the corporate owned media, the government guild at ABC, which reflect the positions that they have come to in their lives. So what are the options that you can pursue if you want to pursue change in a social democracy like Australia, in a parliamentary democracy where, as a citizen with voting rights, you are expected to channel your energies into the act of casting a ballot every three to four years to elect a representative to look after your interests at the local level, state level and federal level. I mean, that is the option that mainstream society gives us in a social democracy. It says you have that capacity to cast that ballot and choose a representative. But unfortunately, as you and I know, although there are political groups and social groups with radical agendas, unfortunately, in Australia in 2017, real power doesn't lie in Parliament, whether it's Federal Parliament, State Parliament or Local Council. Real power lies in the boardrooms of unaccountable corporations 
whose major and only responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, especially if they're publicly listed companies. Because if they don't make those ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, that corporation goes belly up in a capitalist society. So that's its only option. Its only option is to follow that route, irrespective, as I keep saying in this program, irrespective of the human, social, political, national, environmental costs. Those costs are the costs that are borne for allowing corporations to dominate not only our economy but our infrastructure and social relationships in this country. So that's one option which you may decide that you want to exercise or you may decide that you don't want to exercise that option which is illegal in this country but that's another debate which you've had or heard ad nauseum on the anarchist world this week. So what's another option? Well, another option, it's very simple. You can inform yourself. You can inform yourself of what is is going on. You can look at the diversity of opinion that exists regarding different social, political, environmental questions. You can make the effort. You can set aside 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half an hour every day, even if it's at 2 o'clock in the morning, to inform yourself about what is going on around you and how it impacts on your society. The fact that you're willing to spend some time informing yourself, making decisions, clarifying your ideas, is a revolutionary act. As George Orwell said when he wrote 1984, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And it's fascinating that in 2017, the time of instantaneous information where we can access anything at the push of a button on a phone or a tap of a finger any information we like, the truth is so difficult to corner. How news information is manufactured on a 24-hour cycle every day in order to reinforce prejudices which exist in our society. So by the very fact of you pursuing the option of trying to, and the key word is trying to inform yourself by looking at different news sources, whether it's community sources, whether it's the internet, whether it's a Twitter stream, whether it's a newspaper, whether it's a radio program, whether it's a conversation with your neighbour, puts you ahead of the pack. Because how can we make informed decisions without knowing the options and the ramifications of following, of making those decisions. And this is what the people of the United States of America are beginning to understand. There are ramifications for making decisions. 
certain decisions, which may have a profound impact on every man, woman and child, not only in that country, but around the world. As we see President Groper, you know, wave his little sword around the world. So that's that option, inform yourself. Now, once you've informed yourself, what's the next option? What's the next thing you can do? Well, there are, whether you believe so or not. There are many groups in society that are organising to change things. Some are issue orientated, and all they're interested in is a particular issue, whether it's uh, you know, uh, marriage equality, whether it's homelessness, uh, whether it's uh, the environment, whether it's banning horse racing, whether it's not in, not in my backyard campaign. There are issue orientated campaigns all over the place. So you may decide as an option to pursue a particular issue which is dear to your heart. You may decide to pursue that option. That doesn't mean that you're going to change the world, but it does mean over time that you will be able to hopefully address that issue in a way that puts you back inside the tent because as issue-orientated campaigns gather momentum, those who are standing outside the tent throwing stones at the people inside are invited into the tent and soon infect the whole of the population. So that issue-orientated campaign is successful. Now, What's happened in Australia over the last 40 years since the demise of the Whitlam Labor government is that politics has essentially been issue-driven. People have given up the wider struggle to transform society. They have found that that struggle doesn't pay immediate dividends. So most people with a reformist bent or a radical bent, that 2 to 3% of the society that have decided to exercise their options, exercise their options within issue-orientated campaigns. The problem with issue-orientated campaigns is sooner or later you win that battle. And that becomes part of the social norm. And that's the end of that. It doesn't mean that you have radically transformed society. What it means is you have been involved in that battle. It's to institute a necessary reform. So everywhere you look, there are issue-orientated campaigns. And you can become involved in as many as you like or as few as you like But it's important that when you do become involved that you realise that that's what it is, an issue-orientated campaign. It's got a beginning and an end. It's a finite campaign. And you may want to do that. 
and it's better doing that than doing nothing. It's one thing not pursuing options. It's another thing informing yourself. It's another thing taking that next step and getting involved in issue-orientated campaigns. So what we've seen over the past 40 years is the blossoming of issue-orientated campaigns, but the death of political and social campaigns that want to transform the economic structure, want to transform the type of society we have, that want to radically reshape the society we live in. And to a significant degree, this has occurred because there is a consensus within the community that the type of economic system, political system we have is the best in the world. Don't you know, don't blame me for that consensus. I've done my best to break the consensus over the last forty years with little success. So that's the consensus. That you know, the form of government we have is the only form of government worthwhile, and the economic system we have, corporate capitalism, is the only economic system which delivers results to the population as a whole. We've forgotten our history. We've forgotten the past. And when I was speaking about the option of informing yourself, we need not just to inform ourselves about the present, but we need to inform ourselves about the past, because the past, informing ourselves about the past, gives us directions on how we should act in the present so that we can change the future. And that's why the Anarchist Institute has initiated many campaigns some more successful than others. The Tanaminawaya Mawbohina Monument campaign, the, uh, the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion campaign, the Celebration of Marbo Day campaign, Peter Norman, you know, Human Rights Day campaign, the campaign to reclaim public space through the Wednesday Action Group, the formation of the Wednesday Action Group, and the list goes on and on. I don't want to bore you with all the campaigns. You know, the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective campaign. And the campaigns go on and on and on. I don't want to um, bore you with that. But what I'm saying is you can use issue-orientated campaigns to give you a wider perspective of what, what's possible. And the key is that change is possible. Reform is possible. Radical egalitarian change is possible. History has demonstrated over and over and over and over and over again that it's people like us who initiate campaigns who change majority opinion, who change things. It can take decades, but those campaigns bear fruit because you sow the seeds on fertile ground. And that fertile ground is the belief that most human beings have, not all human beings have, that we have, we are born with rights and responsibilities that no state or corporation can take away. That we have the right, as we see in the 
United Nations Declaration of Human Rights, the right to live a secure, peaceful existence free from want. This is our birthright. And what we see on planet Earth is that birthright stripped from people, generation after generation by people who exercise power and use that power to satisfy their needs at the expense of the rest of the population. And nothing highlights this more than what has occurred in Australia today. Nothing highlights that more, where the gap between the haves and the have-nots continues to increase incrementally, day after day after day after day. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the community radio network. My name is Joseph Toscan. I'm hosting today's program. Uh, you can access information about anarchism by going to anarchismedia.org. You can ring me on 0439 395 489. Now, I get a lot of calls. I don't answer them normally. Leave a message with a phone number or a contact address if you've got a phone number and I'll get back to you in the next day or so after you've rung. But if you keep ringing from a silent number and don't leave a message, who knows what interaction could have occurred. Or you can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, or you can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. I've also got a personal Facebook page, Toscano, the number four, The Public. If you go to that Facebook page, you won't find out what colour underpants I wear or whether I wear underpants or not, but you will see the type of activities I am personally involved in. Obviously, it's not the be-all, end-all of the universe, but it's something that I am personally involved in and you may find interest. And also, on the Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, there's a thought bubble which comes up every day, which or almost every day, about five or six a week, which you can look at, which gives you an idea of the way that I am personally thinking. Not that it makes much difference to the state of the world, but at least I can put in words what I'm feeling at a particular point in time. Now let's get back to options. All right, so this your orientated campaign is not for you. Well, the next option is to look around for political or social groups that have a wider agenda than just one single issue. They have a, a wider agenda, and they are around. There aren't many, but they are around. Groups like Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, which is trying to register as a political party. Now, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests is an organisation of like-minded people who think, not believe, who think that if you want social cohesion, that you want personal security, that you want freedom from want, and you live in a society like Australia, that you need the institutional structures which represent our interests, Parliament, the state, the courts, the bureaucracy, constantly need to put the interests of the public as a whole before the interests of unaccountable corporations. 
Now, obviously, public interest before corporate interest isn't a revolutionary group. It's a reformist organisation. It wishes to reform the current political structures by working within those political structures. Now, irrespective of the limitations of that particular strategy, and I understand and accept there are many limitations of that particular strategy, the issue in 2017 in Australia is that we no longer have a reformist movement out there. It doesn't exist. There are no public intellectuals. People like John Clark, who died a few days ago, he was... He, wasn't more, he was more than a comedian. He was a public intellectual who was willing to use his skills to promote a people-friendly agenda. Not a corporate-friendly agenda, but everywhere you look today, power has become concentrated in the hands of corporations who dominate the political institutions that have been created to look after, supposed to look after interests. So a group like public interest before corporate interest does have limitations. But what it can do, it can put back a reformist agenda that improves people's lives back on the public agenda. And that's the problem. The only thing that we hear about on the public agenda in 2017 is how to maximise the profits of corporations in order for those profits to, not trickle, but trickle down to the rest of the population. I call it trickle-down economics. Not trickle-down economics, trickle-down economics, because you never seem to get enough of it, at least with a trickle There's a constant water supply, but with a treacle, it's very difficult. Get stuck, stuck in the wheels before it gets to you. So that is the whole purpose. So you can raise an agenda, as we constantly do, public interest before corporate interest, which I'm the secretary of. You know, I'm proud to be secretary of public interest before corporate interest. Raise the agenda regarding the solution to the housing affordability crisis is increasing public housing, not creating social housing, community housing, affordable housing empires, which are privately owned, not selling off public housing or giving it away to the private sector, not public-private partnerships, but increasing the supply of public housing. And those of you you who have been coming to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Rallies, the next public housing rally in Victoria will be on the steps of the State Parliament on on Wednesday, the 10th of May. Think about it. So that's what the whole purpose. So you can join public interest before corporate interest. If you think there's going to be revolutionary change tomorrow, there's not going to be revolutionary change tomorrow. If there is, it most likely will be reactionary change. Because we've seen the growth and growth and growth of political and social movements which don't look at the reason for the inequalities that exist in this country but mobilise people who are 
estranged from the system, who've been marginalised from the system, on a platform of racial hatred or religious intolerance, of pointing the finger at the other. And they've been relatively successful. While reformist groups are nowhere to be seen. They are not seen in Australia today. So this is one mechanism via which you can get involved in peaceful activity to pressure for change because change can occur tomorrow. For example, I'm familiar with the public housing struggle in Victoria. There are 88 members of the Legislative Assembly, 40 members of the Legislative Council. They can pass legislation tomorrow if there is enough public push to exponentially increase the amount of public housing that is available. And you can fund that public housing by earmarking 10% of uh, stamp duty revenue and 10% of land tax revenue into the public housing sector. Today, that revenue is basically lost and it's increased by 30% in the last five years. It's a matter of political will. There is no political will if there's no political pressure. There's no point blaming politicians for the problems we find ourselves in. We have the politicians we deserve because we do elect them. Irrespective of media bias, the people of the United States of America did elect President Groper. It was their choice. They had an option. They exercised that option. We continue to elect governments which do the bidding of the corporate sector. That's an option that we have and we continue to follow that option. So if you haven't joined public interest before corporate interest because you don't think it's some type of revolutionary organisation or a perfect organisation, well and good because it isn't. But it is an organisation which can make a difference and few organisations can make a difference. Now, I've been involved in many protests. I'm involved, you know, the Wednesday Action Group every week. I'm involved in other things, organising things, May Day celebrations, Marbo Day celebrations, Tanaminoya Morbohina commemorations, Peter Norman, Universal Human Rights Day, Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, issues around Anzac Day, you know, a day celebrating and commemorating Workers are either into the bayonet, killing themselves for the glory of God, king and country. Extraordinary, extraordinary stuff. But at the same time, we need to be involved in a wider political struggle. And if you cannot mobilise people on issues on a constant basis, not one big demonstration, you know, every six months or so, but constantly mobilise people on the streets, pushing for change, you need to look, we need to look at other options. And public interest before corporate interest is one of those options. Now, we need about another 220 people, 230 people on the electoral roll to register public interest before corporate interest as a political party. It doesn't matter where you live in Australia, if you're interested in the ideas, if you're interested in radical reform, if you're interested in, you know, uh, 
create an alternative to the conservative, reactionary, racist elements which dominate the crossbenches in the Australian Parliament, now is the time to join. It's quite easy. If you're on the net, download the application form from pibci.net. You can go to the Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interests, Facebook page. But you can download the application form from pibsi.net. If you're not computer literate and you want an application form, you can always leave a message on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Leave a contact address and we will post you the application form. You can write to us. You don't have a phone. You listen to the radio. You live in the back blocks. You know you don't want to go out of your house. Well, write to us. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, and we'll send you out an application form. This is a way that you can actually have a significant impact that goes beyond the impact you have as an individual or a group organising, attending a demonstration. Now, obviously, there's workplace activity. Now, workplace activity has become very difficult. And it's become very difficult in this country because to be a unionist is to be a criminal as far as the corporate-owned media is concerned and to a lesser degree the government guild at ABC. To be a unionist is to be a criminal. There is so much legislation in place which is aimed, has been aimed at neutralising the ability of trade unions to push an agenda. Not, not, not just a revolutionary agenda, but a reformist agenda. An agenda that looks after the interests of its own people. We've now got the ridiculous situation in this country where we get ministers crapping on about how horrible things are in China or, uh, you know, North Korea, when in our own country it is illegal for a worker to withdraw their labour outside an enterprise bargaining agreement, period. Illegal. $10,000 a day fines. Individuals, you can lose your house. Now, obviously, the trade union movement has been greatly weakened by this raft of legislation which has basically turned them into a quasi-criminal organisation in the mind of the public. Just today, the CFMEU, or just yesterday, the CFMEU was fined over a half a million dollars for some piddly little industrial action which occurred outside an enterprise bargaining period because the legislation is there in the books. And we don't see, we don't see Parliament, we don't see reformist groups in Parliament saying we need to remove this legislation and pass legislation like in 1911. That's right, 1911, over 100 years in this country, which gave unionists the right to be employed before non-unionists in this country. Because the whole purpose of having a strong trade union movement is to protect working people. And if you're moaning and groaning about your electricity bill, and if you're moaning and groaning about, you know, you're a gas bill, or 
the size of your mortgage or how much rent you pay or the fact that the courts now, the industrial umpire, you know, is going to take away penalty rates for the poorest workers in this country. If you're groaning about that, think about the reason this has occurred. And it has occurred because the trade union movement has been compressed into a corner, which it doesn't seem to be capable of breaking out of. Because to break out of that corner, you need mass disobedience. And that's another option. Civil disobedience, peaceful civil disobedience, whether it's a protest, whether it's a workplace dispute, whether it's an occupation. Although today, under anti-terrorist laws, occupations are considered to be a terrorist act and you can be jailed for up to 20 years for a simple, simple occupation. But these are things that we have allowed to occur because we as a community, I'm not blaming you personally or me, but as a community, we have believed the propaganda that it's only the corporate sector which creates wealth in this country. I could create wealth in this country if I was given all the advantages, the corporate welfare, you know, access to resources the corporate sector is given in this country. So think about it. You do have options. Now, a lot of people talk about violent action, okay? I'm not talking about resisting arrest, but violent action. The state in a social democracy thrives on violence. Violence is its aphrodisiac. Violence is the very thing which it craves in order to justify its existence. And those activists who think, you know, isolated acts of violence are somehow going to change society, it's not going to happen. It won't happen. It just won't happen. All that happens is the state becomes more powerful as it uses the corporate-owned media and the government, Gilda ABC, and to a lesser degree the net, uses that to promote its interests, the fact that it is the only bastion against disorder and chaos, and it protects society. Well, in reality, all the state has done for generations is protect those people who exercise power from those people, from the rest of society. So there are options. Peaceful, non-violent, direct action. Whether it's standing outside a supermarket with a placard, whether it's reclaiming public space, whether it's organising a simple demonstration, whether it's commemorating some historical episode in our history which has changed the direction that society has moved in. These are all options you can pursue. And here at the Anarchist Media Institute, we are involved in many of these campaigns. We have initiated many of these campaigns and we continue to organise many of these campaigns. For you... Not for us, not for the media, not for the net, not for YouTube, but for you, for you to become involved. They're there. It's an option. And the older you get, the more options you can pursue because the responsibilities of being young, of trying to create a career, have a family, look after children, pay a mortgage, dissipate. You have that potential. 
It's not just a matter about going to bingo or going to your local pokey and losing your pension. It's much more than that. You do have options. We all have options, no matter how old or how young. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. These are options that we can exercise today, legally, in our society. Now, regarding public interest before corporate interest, we need to do another mass mail-out. Yes, we do use mail-outs occasionally. Not all our members are on the net, so we need to do a mass mail-out. So I am looking for $1 stamps. That's what it costs to post a letter. So if you can help us, put them in an envelope, post them to Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052 Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 It doesn't matter if it's 10 or 20 or 100 or 1000 We need at least three to we need about 400 one dollar stamps so put them in the mail do it today don't leave it till tomorrow send them to us this is one way that you can physically help public interest before corporate interest communicate with its members and communicate with interested people so $1 stamps, it's been a few months since we've uh, asked for $1 stamps. Uh, we're begging once again, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If you can help, you can help. If you can't help, you can't help. Now let's move on. Now I saw some very, let's move on from options because the options are there. You, you decide what you want to do. It's your business, you know. You may decide you're happy watching Foxtel News, listening to the groper carry on, you know, making a big man of himself. Ah, you got the next uh, Game of Thrones coming up, or the Vikings coming up. You, you know, you're a YouTube addict. You know, you got you got some cocaine to snort. You know, you got some crystal meth or a bit of marijuana. You know, you may decide that's that's your that's your options. You do have options. It's up to you. I mean, obviously, some options are crazier than others. So let's move on. Now, I, I noticed some interesting statistics today. Some very interesting t- statistics. If you earn $84,000, if that's your taxable income, which is about, oh, must be about, what, uh, $1,600 a week, which many workers do get. Some need to put in a bit of overtime. Obviously, many, many, many more don't. That you pay the second highest rate of taxation in the world after Denmark. You're actually paying more tax than somebody in Norway, or Sweden, or Finland. And that if you earn $54,000 a year, which is below the average wage, which is about you know $1,000 a week, you pay the fourth highest rate of taxation in the world in Australia. Why is it so? Are we a high-taxing nation? Because everybody will say, Oh, oh. Oh, that's tragic. We are a high-taxing nation. We are a high-taxing nation. But if we're paying so much tax, this is pay-as-you-earn taxpayers and other taxpayers, you're paying so much tax, why is it so? It's so because almost 70 cents of every dollar which is collected in this country in taxation, revenue comes from pay-as-you-earn 
taxpayers. One seventy percent, seventy cents in the dollar. The difference between Finland and Sweden and Denmark and Norway and Germany and a lot of other so-called first world countries and Australia as far as taxation is concerned is they tax the corporate sector. So they don't have to rely on pay-as-you-earn taxpayers for income to provide the basic necessities of life, social security benefits, public education, public health. That's the dilemma. In the land of Oz, the land of milk and honey, the promised land, Oz, Australia, the land down under, corporate world pays voluntary taxation. Voluntary taxation. Corporate welfare, where large corporations making hundreds of million dollars of profit are given tax breaks and given direct grants to such an extent that these so-called generators of employment are basically forcing taxes to be increased for those people who do their work, pay their taxes, obey the laws and scrimp and scrape in order to survive. Because in this country, corporations are basically a law unto themselves because there is no political movement, no mass political movement inside or outside the parliamentary process that can put any direct pressure on them to actually contribute to the very society that feeds them. So no wonder we have the highest or almost the highest taxes, individual taxes, in the world. When people who own more than one home, and there's two million of them I've been told, get a tax deduction for earning more than owning more than one home, while people who can't, you know, on social security benefits, can't get public housing, or spend fifty, sixty, seventy percent of their income for a roof over their heads. The list goes on and on. And we have allowed this to occur. We have believed the propaganda, and it is propaganda. People talk about North Korean propaganda. Let's talk about corporate Australian propaganda. We've believe the propaganda that if you deregulate, you privatise, you corporatise, you globalise, that every all of us will share in the benefits that are derived. The people who share in the benefits are the major shareholders and people on the corporate boards and chief executives. They're the ones who share the wealth. I mean, what's happened to the deregulation of the banking sector, the electricity sector, the energy sector, and the list goes on and on. We've seen where the profits have gone and they haven't flowed to customers. So think about it. We have not taken up our options. We have been happy to sit on the sidelines and watch. And now that we've seen that the seeds that have been thrown on barren land are not growing, and that's the corporatisation seed, the deregulation seed, the privatisation seed, the globalisation seeds that the the defective, 
They're not providing the harvest which was expected. What do we do? We grumble. We complain. We complain about the politicians. We grumble and complain, grumble and complain, stay away from the ballot box, grumble and complain, grumble and complain, but don't take the options. Don't take that next step to inform ourselves, to get involved, to do things. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter how long I talk, what I say, how I say it. Ultimately, it's up to you. You want change? You need to work for that change. You're happy with your situation? Fine. You're unhappy for your situation? You're listening to the anarchist world this week? You want change? You need to work towards that change. As I keep saying, the ball is in your court. You can smash it back and hit the spectators at the other end, the corporate sector, or you can just play with it. It's your options. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week via the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can go to the Anarchist Institute site, anarchistmedia.org. You can download the public interest before corporate interest application form from pipsy.net, pipsy.net. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can leave messages on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. You can go on to the Tanaminaway Mobile Hina site, tanamall.org. You can go on to uh, uh, my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Toscano for the Public. A few dates to remember. The 1st of May is coming up. That's a Monday. We'll be organising an event. Don't forget the 22nd of April is the uh, West Papuan Rent Collective uh, get-together, which you're all invited to, 1pm to 3pm. I'll talk more about that next week, but set aside that date, uh, the 22nd, which is a Saturday, 22nd of April, 1pm to 3pm at 1811 Collins Street in Docklands, so you're all welcome. Then we've got Marbo Day on the 3rd of June, and then we've got maybe in July we may be organising a big lunch to celebrate my 40th year on community radio, so... uh, that's in the pipeline. And don't forget, those of you who are listening to this, that the Community Radio 3 Sours Radio Fond Day is the 14th of June, and I hope to raise at least $15,000 for Community Radio Station 3CR. But thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of those wonderful folk from the Community Radio Network. Listen in next week to The Anarchist World This Week. Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, Lord, yeah.